You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This podcast was recorded June 16th of 2021. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TF Cast. Today with us we have Sabrina Mercedes, founder of Safe Relations, uh, also a community leader and has done a number of other things like being um, over at Cato. What, what is the... Yeah, yeah. My position at Cato right now is the education and prevention specialist or excuse me, manager. I'm a manager. <laughs> it's still bizarre for me, but um, yeah, Safe Relations is... Uh, a separate project from my work at CADA, but definitely overlaps in a lot of different ways. Entirely. Well, um, give us the rundown on Safe Relations right away, because um, it, it's kind of taken on more than one form since I've known about it. So let us know where it's at today and maybe where it came from. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's taken on a lot of forms in my life as well already. Uh, the idea actually originated when I was still living in Portland, Oregon, um, <clears throat> I just, I was on the beach. It was my birthday. I was by myself and, uh, shame has been kind of something that's always, uh, been part of my identity, whether it's a mistake that I made or the way that I carry myself or my alternative lifestyle. Um, people have always kind of shamed me for being who I am. And so, um, it was my birthday, I was on the beach, and I had this idea that I would talk about my life and I would talk about um, important things to me or things that made people uncomfortable. And so I had this idea for a podcast called Safe Relations. And so that's where it started. Um, during that time in Oregon, though, um, I was really on a healing journey and trying to find different ways to deal with my shame. And um, yoga was part of that journey. Um, Finding different um, holistic providers was also part of that journey. Connecting with other people who had experiences like mine was part of that journey. And so over time, I've always wanted to be a yoga teacher since I started practicing six years ago. Um, trauma lives in our bodies. And so when I started to do yoga, I would have really emotional reactions at times. And as I started to learn more and more about it, I figured out, well... This is my trauma. This is me healing. This is me um, connecting to myself and my body and having that that sovereign um, feeling of own ownership of my body was really incredible and just made me want to share it with other people. So as you know, in the last year after the murder of George Floyd, uh, it's pretty clear that we still don't have enough safe spaces here in Mankato, Mikado. Um, <clears throat> and it's really important to me to continue to provide for my community in these ways that, you know, people shouldn't have to worry about paying to go to a yoga class or or to find a way to, like, feel better about themselves. Um, I wanted to create a space where people didn't feel judged for who they are or the journey that they've been on. So Safe Relations evolved. I did my yoga teacher training um, between January and March of 2021 with Native Strength Revolution, which was a program uh, 
with indigenous people from Canada, Mexico, and the United States, or it's also known as Turtle Island to the First Nations people of this land. And uh, I got to connect with these people over three months and learned about yoga and learned about healing in traditional and uh, very important ways that I think everybody can benefit from. So it, it just kind of happened. Uh, I needed to move. I was ready to move from the space that I was in and I, I found this place through a friend. I, they just said, hey, um, what are you looking for? What are deal breakers in, in a yoga space for you? And I said, well, I wanna live out of it. I want it to have vaulted ceilings and I need a bathtub. Those, those were kind of <laughs> the, <laughs> the main things. And it's near a bus stop, it's near a school. Um, it's, it's perfect for, for what I've been wanting to do, so. So immediately, what services do you intend to provide? Well, right now I'm offering free in-person classes. They're donation-based. Uh, the purpose is not really for me to make money. Uh, the purpose is to uh, provide a safe space for people to start to explore wellness. And so uh, it's free or donation-based, or you can uh, support me on my Patreon. Uh, so right now that's what's happening. There's a lot of opportunity, so, you know, People can ask me to come do work yoga, you know, for their their employees mm -hmm. at work. I'd be happy to do that for people. Mm -hmm. um, I also facilitate a variety of workshops. And so I've been in, in talks with different matriarchs in the community that want to get really important education out there. So things like comprehensive sex education or how to talk to your your, you know, your youth about going into puberty, you know, we want to have those kinds of conversations and this is going to be a safe place where we can kind of explore those different things. Hmm. Kind of more comprehensive approach to some of that. Right. That's nice. Um, so what, uh, what, what does it been like getting started with, uh, leading practices in yoga? Is it, and, and how would you, would you describe that? Well, yoga is one of those things that I think is sold is uh, if I say to you, you know, think, imagine that you're in a yoga class. What do you imagine? You mm. know, there's probably a very certain type of body. There's a very certain type of person that you imagine. And that's just not what yoga is. Mm. Um, and teaching online during COVID has been really, really difficult. I mean, anything during this time has been just more challenging, mm -hmm. um, but people are now really wanting to just connect. And it's been really great because I don't teach in a way that's uh, pushing your body or you know pushing you out of your comfort zone in a way that will hurt you. Uh, the way that I teach is more so I kind of get a feel of, you know, who's in the class, what's the level of understanding you know, and then just kind of go from there. And it's been nice because classes have been a little bit slow, you know, that not a lot of people are attending right now, but I kind of see that as a benefit because it gives me time to practice. Mm. And then, um, you know, folks, I get a little bit more one-on-one -on -one, um, care. So it's it's been fun, it's been slow, but that's okay. I know mm -hmm. things are gonna pick up and, and I'm gonna wish, you know, things were slow. <laughs> so it's just how it goes. Yeah. Has uh, getting the teacher training involved your own yoga practice too? And kind of knowing a bit more maybe about where some of those ideas come from and 
Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting about this specific yoga program is that um, this is the third one I, I did. The first mm -hmm. two, I was really on a search to take a yoga teacher training that was done by someone who looked like me and someone who had experiences like mine. Mm. And uh, I saw this come up on my uh, Facebook, Native Strength Revolution with Kate Herrera Jen Jenkins. And it was in person last year, but because of COVID, they were doing it online. I applied for a scholarship. We had a, a phone interview and she told me that she used to be a stripper. And it just really opened my eyes to the kind of healing that is possible, no matter what kind of background you come from. So, um, yeah, it, it's just been a really incredible journey learning about the philosophy of yoga, learning how that applies to even day to day life, you know, being nonviolent, being compassionate, mm -hmm. you know, taking that time for yourself. It makes a world of difference, especially since collectively as a community, we've experienced so much trauma in the last even year, but over several years. And I think we're really at a pinnacle point of, of trying to heal as a community as well. So my idea when I decided to open the studio was to make this a donation-based opportunity for people so that that wouldn't be a barrier. Um, and then people who have wealth have an opportunity to then support those who do not. And, and it's just been really, really amazing to see the response that people um, are giving just from that, that simple act of, you know, mm -hmm. sharing knowledge, not charging people for knowledge. So mm. that's nice. You, you talked a little bit about um, like the, the philosophies that came with the the class that you took and then some of the other things you said earlier about yoga being um, you can imagine a certain kind of person or how it's like commodified and sold in the United States. Um, for you personally, how does it overlap with a spiritual practice if it does at all? And like, what are some of the philosophies behind your own practice? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say that I mean, yoga's colonized, right? So mm -hmm. the British, mm. it, it originated in India. The British went, colonized it from there, and then it was recolonized in the United States um, and then sold in this very different way. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you know a whole lot of history of yoga, but there's also been some pro problematic things around sexual violence that occurred with certain um, gurus and teachers um, all over the place. And so it was really difficult for me to go through the training. And I think going through it with a very specific group of people, we were very intentional to think about and respect the practices of yoga, the philosophy behind yoga, because it does overlap with a lot of what I believe which is to, you know, share wealth. You know, I'm a single mom. I've been supported by my community, my daughter's entire life. I would not be able to even do this if it wasn't for my community saying, I believe in you and I want to help you. And I see that you have these skills, but you don't maybe have finances. So here, let me help you in this way. Um, so again, that kind of give and take, right? Um, spiritual practice, I would say I am... In my indigenous practices, um, I, I think it, yoga makes sense. It, it's a way to connect uh, not only with myself, but the outside 
world around me, um, nature. I love doing yoga at the beach. Uh, it's mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do, especially the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's nothing like a Pacific Northwest sunset. Um, and at the same time, uh, it's allowed me to, again, connect to my body during times um, where I'm experiencing, you know, I have complex PTSD. And so it's helped with my trauma responses and, and just when I'm feeling really activated, I can go to a breathing exercise or I can stretch and move my body because I think that's another thing that people don't talk about is sometimes your emotions or the way you react to things can be so overwhelming that moving your body is the only thing that makes sense in that moment. And that can move some of that stress. And because there's so much shame around talking about these things and wellness, people, you know, think that then wellness is only meant to look one certain way, or you need a therapist, but maybe, you know, I've never done good with talking to someone in that way. Um, I, I love my therapist now. It's taken many years to find her. And I've also found these other ways of connecting to my culture and, um, you know, learning about other cultures and finding ways to be respectful, um, acknowledging the land when, you know, I'm getting ready to do a practice or when I am about to do a speaking engagement, I take a moment and I, and I give my intention and I say, you know, to the land or the space, like I'm a guest here, this is my intention, you know, and, you know, my intentions are good. Do I have permission? And I just, you know, that's kind of like my offering or, um, and so, yeah, it's become a way of life and, uh, I'm not perfect at it. Like I'm not, you know, getting up at 5.00 AM to do <laughs> a full two hour practice or anything like that. I think wellness is a journey and, and that's what I love about it so much is you're not going to be good at it all the time. I'm not going to be in Zen mode all the time. Uh, but it's nice to start practicing and to talk about it and, and to share with others. And then other people will say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't think about wellness in this way, or thank you for sharing this breathing exercise. It's really helped me when I've been stressed. So, hmm. yeah. One of the things that you said that I thought was really interesting there was about, um, being connected to the body in general. Um, the last few years I've noticed a lot more that people have, been more open, especially in social media spaces about their, um, their mental health situations like that. And a lot of times it's stuff like memes and stuff like that, but it's like very clear that there is some disconnection between people's emotions and their like physicality that regularly people feel. I'm, and you know, it's, it's well enough known that people can just talk about it now. And I, I would have not thought about that even 10 years ago. Um, so it, it's pretty cool because I, I guess kind of like what I drew from what you said is that yoga can bring those things together in some, in some cases or for some practitioners. Um, has that been your experience or, um, yeah, honestly going through the yoga training, I wanted to quit halfway through. <laughs> uh, I was crying every other week and I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I think people have this yeah, just this idea of um, what healing should look like or what a traumatized person should be like. And uh, it, it looks all sorts of different ways. You know, I have friends that I didn't know were 
having mental health issues and, you know, things didn't end very well. And yeah, I think I appreciate social media in that sense, especially these days when someone's feeling down. I appreciate when someone is vulnerable. Um, at the same time, there are people who are not at peace with themselves and then they might use that as a way to to further harm someone. And I thought that was I was listening to someone talk about it recently. I think it was Brene Brown, honestly. <laughs> I was just mm -hmm. watching some of her videos and and yeah, just allowing people to have that kind of access to you, I think is also interesting because I've had moments on social media where I go, oh, I was really vulnerable and I'm not sure about that. And then it's interesting because it someone always reaches out and says, thank you for sharing that part of yourself mm. because it helps me not feel so alone. So yeah, it's interesting. Mental health is important though. And it's still something we don't talk enough about. Um, and as I said earlier, body movement and using body movement as healing as well as something we don't, we don't talk about. So, so a, uh, segueing off the social media point safe relations at least the first times i interacted with it was like a kind of like a some kind of like vlog on social media where you were talking about issues of consent um at what point in time did that vision for what that space was going to be turn into the the larger kind of like oh it's also going to be a yoga studio and those things or was that always the case well, it's still kind of a combination of those things, I guess. Um, I'm the kind of person who does have hard conversations. And I, uh, I actually like when people, you know, want to have hard conversations. It's, it's uncomfortable uh, being told that you're wrong or being told that you maybe you're not going about things in the best way is always difficult. Um, and I think I just continue to see a need for a place where maybe there's a place where people can go for conflict resolution. Maybe there's a place people can go to learn about comprehensive sex education. Uh, maybe there's a place people can go to talk about consent and, and how, what that looks like and sounds like, uh, I really wasn't expecting it to turn into a physical space. I thought it was only going to be a virtual space. And, you know, in life, sometimes things, opportunities present themselves and it's a leap of very anxious faith. <laughs> uh, but then you make it and... Honestly, it was from talking to my friend who just happened to say, well, I know, you know, a realtor in the community, what are you looking for? And then this building was there within three days. I was looking at this building and one week later, I graduated from uh, yoga school and then signed the lease within the same week that I graduated. So it all happened really quickly and it wasn't necessarily expected it really started out as a verbal out loud dreaming you know of mm -hmm. if i could do this if i had the resources if i had access uh, this is what i would do in this community and it's just kind of taken a life of its own and i still plan on probably continuing to do that work of like vlogging and, and giving different kinds of educational opportunities especially around topics that folks aren't the most comfortable around, but 
mm-hmm. all of that is still in, in the evolving stages. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I was going to ask about your um, experience with um, I guess with uh, whether any of the the things that you've uh, that that kind of brought you here um, to this place, like whether it's it seems like looking back, it kind of makes sense that now it's here, or whether um, I, I don't know is that is that like a, a path like a journey kind of thing um, maybe but I, I guess I'm wondering if you could kind of contextualize some of maybe the history that brought you to this place and and uh, what you're excited about um, working on with this new opportunity and new space yeah thank you for asking that so Mankato and I have an interesting history <laughs> and uh you know, I moved here fresh out of basic training uh, at 19 years old and was going downtown, you know, um, it, being a young person. And, uh, and I experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of um, violence in different ways because I was uh, using some unhealthy coping mechanisms through alcohol and through that experience through trying to navigate the judicial system, um, trying to navigate survivorship, trying to navigate, wanting to also just be a healthy adult woman (laughs) who wants Mm. to experience life. And I think because I've always been confident and because I've uh, not been ashamed of who I am in in other ways, uh, people really... They, I don't know. It's just, it's the culture here. I think in Southern Minnesota, people get, I think, intimidated by that kind of, um, tenacity, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it can be intimidating and really, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I made a lot of mistakes. I, I was not the best person when I was amidst my addiction and I also have healed and I've also, you know, learned a lot about harm reduction and I've learned about healing and I've learned about uh, being compassionate and kind to others. And, uh, and I believe that, yes, all those experiences led me to end up back in Mankato because I was not ever planning on returning. Mm. Uh, And then life happened, COVID happened and I ended up back here and it all made sense. Last mm. summer, it just kind of, you know, reconnecting with folks from my, my activist past when I was a student here at Minnesota State University mm. uh, with people like Jasmine Gates de Avalar and, you know, just again, reconnecting and seeing activism in a different way and uh, knowing that just because I'm passionate about a certain cause it doesn't mean that I need need to necessarily have a job tied to it. I can still do Mm. the work uh, in different ways. So if I can't do the work in a certain way, say at CADA, then I can maybe do the work in a different way in the community. And I think that's also what pushed me 
to open up safe relations and to find a different way to reach the community because there are a lot of limitations when it comes to working specifically for a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people I don't think recognize that, uh, but there are gaps uh, where it's hard to fill in because there's not enough resources or the resources that we have are very closely monitored or, or tracked or we're not allowed to do certain things. So, uh, I worked at CADA six years ago. I was fired from CADA six years ago. And so, you know, I'm not ashamed to tell people that because it was a different leadership. It was a different organization and they gave me another chance. And I think that in itself shows a lot, you know, about shame. Like if I had let shame manifest in myself, I would have never taken the chance to apply to be a manager. And that's what I want people to understand. You can still have issues. Also, uh, you know, back to what you were saying about safe relations and kind of the consent and different topics. You know, I want to touch on these social justice issues. I want to touch on those harder conversations to have um, regarding police reform or um, abolishment and, and different things like that. And so safe relations, I think, is also a way where I can make those connections and, and support those people in ways, again, that I can't in, you know, maybe my day job. So uh, community aid is really at the, at the root of safe relations and helping others is at the root of safe relations. I think that that's really important. Um, the, the thing about that you said about shame and like learning as well, um, because there is a lot, especially when people are coming around to new ideas or being radicalized in some ways where there's a lot of times where you're going to feel foolish, like looking back at your past and not seeing when you inadvertently caused harm or when you actively caused harm or like when you took a silly social position in your learning process. <laughs> Like, it happens. <laughs> that that should not stop you from wanting a better world, you right. know? And like it, it is basically just the community's job to come together and make those services available because it it's not going like the system will not change itself out of existence. Like we have to do something about it. So like it I mean it's it's cool that you see it that way and I appreciate that. Um we didn't, I don't know how to segue from that, but <laughs> that's I was what I was thinking. If, I don't know. I don't have a lot to talk about it, the community aspect, but um, I kind of, I, you mentioned it a couple of times and I think that that's really important to um, just for everyone to be able to find a community. And if the, it doesn't exist to be able to kind of make it. And so I'm always inspired and excited when I see someone who's, uh, you know, kind of pioneering that or, or making space for things and um, trying something new, different than what, what's been done in the past. So I applaud you for that. And I realize that didn't come with any kind of a question. But um, I don't know, like, how do you... How do you think about community and in, in, uh, what, what does community mean to you? I like to think of myself as everyone's auntie. I know you mm. all have probably heard it at some point, but mm. I really feel that kind of role. And I've seen it in, you know, my Mexican community, my indigenous communities, um, even, you know, my black communities. Um, it's 
this kind of matriarchal feel of I really do care about everybody and I do want the best for everyone. And I will also tell you when you're not acting right, <laughs> you know, I'm that, that nice auntie that will, you, you know, give you that little finger shake uh, when you need it, because that's what to me community is to me. Community is we are in a space that we share and we may not always agree and get along and we can mm -hmm. do that respectfully we don't all have to be best friends, but we can live in community and, and do what we each need to do because we all have a role. We all have a role in how we take care of each other. And some people's roles are bigger than others and that's okay. And, you know, I also believe that intergenerational knowledge and, and, and uh, advice expertise is important. And that goes from elders to youngers, as well as youngers to elders. So I think mm. that's a really important part of community for me is listening to our young people and allowing them to tell us when we're wrong and allowing others to say, hey, that that wasn't nice or, or that didn't sit well with me and let's have a conversation about it instead of mm -hmm. I'm going to respond because I didn't mean to do this or, you know, that's not community to me to me it's tough love that's how I was raised is you know a tough love kind of I love you so I'm going to tell you when maybe you're not making the best choices um, but I'm going to do it with love and mm. and hopefully kindness <laughs> mm -hmm. seems like there's a little bit of like accountability in there too with uh, especially having a space a space that people can kind of freely come to and uh, it, it almost requires a level of accountability that goes a little bit beyond, I don't know whether it's like a, a shared, like a for-profit yoga studio or something like the, the models of these different kinds of, I don't know whether it's business or just space or project. Like, um, it seems like the, the one that you're taking, the, the path that you're on here is, is something that, uh, has a lot of opportunity for individual like growth and, and development, whereas some of the other ones are a little bit more, I don't know, like I'm just imagining like some conversations about accountability at like a, a for-profit yoga studio or, a, um, you know, comprehensive sex education at some of these places. And it just doesn't make sense. So, uh, I guess it seems like you're on the right track for that. <laughs> I hope so. And, and that's the thing is, uh, if I'm saying or doing something also that's harmful mm. to the community, I would hope that one of my community members would, you know, tell me, and that's already mm. happened in, in some ways. Uh, I think again, I'm the perfect kind of person to say, Hey, this decision, maybe you might want to rethink it. And this is why, and mm. I'll say, you're right. Let me, you know, let me sit with myself now and think about how I can be a better community member. And, you know, again, I've normalized not shaming myself anymore. Mm. And that's what I want for others to do as well. Because a lot of times, even when we're walking throughout the day or, you know, say you run into someone and they say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, everyone's always apologizing. And I always joke, like, we're, we have enough to be sorry about these days, you know, just mm. say thank you. Try to replace I'm sorry with thank you for understanding. I was 
running a few minutes behind versus mm. being sorry about it because that's that sorry is like then you're shaming yourself you know so mm. we'll see what happens though I'm really excited for the space and already the immense love and support and community that's that's shown up in I haven't even been there a full month yet so cool awesome well do you want to tell us how people can find this space? Yes. So we are located at 1109 North Riverfront Drive. Uh, right now I am teaching classes Mondays and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. You can follow my Facebook page or Instagram, Safe Relations Space on Facebook, saferelations.sabrina on Instagram. And you can support my work on my Patreon, uh, Safe Relations underscore Sabrina. And there's various ways you can support on there. You get some swag as well. If you remain a member for <laughs> a certain amount of months, Jacob, are, <laughs> I saw you like swag, huh? Totally. Yeah. yeah very swag motivated <laughs> individual. Perfect. <laughs> That's see hook, line and sinker. <laughs> there we go. And if you had um, kind of kind of like wrap up stuff, have you had one thing you wanted um, our audience to know about you or safe relations, what would that be? Something that we maybe haven't talked about or just any, you know, one thing. Hmm. If you roller skate, hit me up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I need more roller skating friends in my life. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. If you didn't know, um, we'll just, I'll, we'll just, she has beautiful roller skates. They're like they really purple are. and felt. They're just like, it imagine. was my mother's day present to myself. <laughs> uh, that's neat. Um, a lot of bumps and bruises to match those purple skates. So <laughs> seriously, <Heck> yeah, <laughs> that's right why on. wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, uh, thank, thank you for joining us on the podcast, Sabrina. It's always good to chat with you. And uh, we really wish you the best with the safe relations space and your uh, future future projects and endeavors. Awesome. Always appreciate you guys. And yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for sticking around. You can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org. Thank you.